The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing. You know my name yet? And Anthony Lionheart-Smith. Ladies and gentlemen... We are finally back. It is 2024. The BYM pod is back, and so is the one and only Mr. Lionheart himself, Anthony Smith. Happy New Year, brother. Yeah, Happy New Year. We're going to set these New Year's resolutions that we're not going to ever accomplish. Man, it's, oh, just, God. it's so funny seeing all these, like, New Year's re- – no, you're not going to do that. I know you're not. It's not happening. Dude. Dude, it's so we didn't even plan on talking about this at all. I failed already. I'm like, I'm doing dry January. I'm doing dry January. I'm not drinking. It's fucking drop. noon. <laughs> well, I'm not that bad. Fuck but it. Last night, so, so, I didn't get back from England till Saturday evening. So we mm-hmm. were exhausted. We were like zombies. New Year's Eve, same thing. We were dead. So then last night, I'm like, well, let's treat it like it's New Year's Eve now. You know, and we didn't go crazy or nothing, but had a little bit of alcohol. I had two drinks. That that's all it is. But technically, failed miserably. Um, what is your resolution? Do you have one? No, I don't really have one. I, this is the same shit I always want to do. I I gotta. I don't. I need to have a better routine when I'm not in training camp. And I think yep. that's kind of my, been my main one. I got to do a better job of stick keeping my weight down and staying and better shape in between fights mm-hmm. instead of just messing around. But that's kind of always been my goal. People always say the problem is with these resolutions is that they set goals that are far too big, that are unachievable. So of course they fail miserably. So uh, we always want to be a better version of ourselves. One little thing that I'm going to do is that when I wake up, I'm going to get out of bed. Now that seems like an obvious thing, but Rebecca is such a great, she's such a saint. She wakes up, she goes and makes the coffee, and she brings it to bed, right? So I drink the coffee in bed, and then I go, will you make me another coffee? And she goes and brings me another coffee. And before you know it, I mean, I do my emails, I've got the news on, I'm scrolling a little social media. Before you know it, sometimes 90 minutes has passed, and I'm still (laughs) sitting in my bed. So I'm like, right, that's it. When I wake up, we're out of bed. You're getting out of bed. I'm getting out of bed. That's that's probably harder than people would... I mean, if that's your routine, it's probably going to be harder to break than people would would probably imagine. People are probably like, what a spoiled bastard life does this guy live? That the hardest thing he's going to do is get out of bed. Oh, dear. So we got a good show planned. we got a good year planned, 2024. We're going to continue to take this podcast to the next level. Now, before we get into everything, um, Anthony, yeah, didn't go your way, brother. Uh, yeah, there's no, a lot I'm, of people. You drug me out know. of my... You drug me out of my hole. I've been hiding under a bridge like a troll. <laughs> Have you really? I, yeah, I haven't talked to anybody. anybody. No podcast, no interviews. You just like just stayed at home. Mike, I'm not even answering text messages. I haven't even I haven't even spoken to my man. Oh, I know you didn't answer mine. You prick. <laughs> I, I, it's it is nothing. If for anybody that's listening, if you've texted me or reached out and I haven't responded, it's not it's not you. It's me. I'm just in a 
in a weird place, you know, just, and, and sometimes you just have to unplug, you know, and, and I just, mm-hmm. I really threw myself into just being with my family and, and, you know, sometimes you have to sit back and I don't know, I got to reevaluate and just kind of see where you are. What do you want? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? You know, because there was, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was a pretty dark place there for a while. Well, it's understandable because obviously you put a, a lot of time, effort, you put a lot into not only preparing for a fight, but as fighters, we make it our identity. It mm-hmm. kind of defines who we are to a certain degree. I mean, of course, family, wife, children, that, 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 that comes first. Outside of that, we're fighters, you know, and that becomes who you are. And it almost like your success in life and how you are viewed out by these I don't know, the the fans that are very hot and cold, you know, they're very fickle, you know what I mean? They're on the bandwagon, then they're off the bandwagon, and it affects you. And even though we're supposed to be these big, tough guys, of course it fucking affects us, you know, and you fail Mm -hmm. miserably. And the reality is, is that it's just a sporting event, and people fail all the time. But you, me, the person in the octagon, or to use that quote, the man in the arena, they're the ones that feel it the most. And they're the ones that have to go and sit there and be left with their own emotions. So uh, I don't know. Do, do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I guess I'll start with just the fight and then we'll go into the after. I knew that I was in an uphill battle. I knew that. I knew the position that I put myself in was not it was not going to benefit me. I knew that I, I, I would kind of put myself behind the gun. And I was fine with that. I'm told I knew exactly what I was getting myself into and I knew what I was up against. Um, I had a, uh, I had a, I had quite a bit of weight to cut, you know, that was the, the bigger issue, which is initially they wanted me to fight that weekend that he was initially supposed to, but I couldn't make the wait in time. Mm. So they bumped it back a week and, uh, it gave me a little more time. Now, don't get me wrong. All, all weight cuts are hard. But this one wasn't, I, I, I don't want to say it was significantly harder than the other ones because it was about the same, but it was a significantly more amount of weight. Like it was a lot more weight. So uh, I was like 236 when they called uh, and I had about 10 days to get to 205, which was whatever, you know, I did the right way. We got on weight, whatever. And then, you know, we go into the fight and I, I just, even in camp, and I'll just pull the curtain back. Not that I had a long camp, but I went to Denver um, and Chris Curtis was there. And so I couldn't have asked for a better training partner uh, other than than Chris Curtis leading into that fight. He was a short, stocky southpaw um, that's got power in his hands. It, it was as close as you were going to get on short notice. So um, and in camp, I just wasn't seeing the left hand. I wasn't seeing the straight left. I, I don't know that it, it's been a while since I've been in front of like a real high level uh, Southpaw, there, to be honest, there's not that many of them out there. So, especially with that style, with that body type. So, even then, I wasn't seeing it. And, it, and I don't know if that's, I just haven't seen it in a while or, or if it's me. I don't know. But I think it's probably just a time thing. I think over a, the entirety of a training camp, over five, six, seven weeks, seeing it every single day, I think, I, I think I'd figure it out. But I wasn't seeing it. So, we had to change the game plan in 10 days. So, we went from having no fight to a game plan to three days into a 10 day preparation to have, I have to change it because I'm not seeing it. I was getting fucking tattooed with it in, in practice. So we had to change it and, and it, and it was working. And then I went into the fight and he was just way faster 
than I had anticipated. I knew he was going to be fast, but he was it, it was shocking how fast he is, how he goes from zero to 100 so fast. Um, so I struggled with the speed uh, in the fight, and I, I didn't really have any other options. I wasn't seeing the left hand. He was faster than I was, um, and he was faster than I was prepared for. Some of that is I wasn't in fight shape, so I wasn't I wasn't like I was seeing things, but my body just wasn't reacting fast enough because I haven't been in a camp. So, um, and there's no excuse. That's my, that's my fault. I put myself in that position. I knew that was a possibility. So, um, but I just, I couldn't react to it fast enough. So, um, I just had to walk him down and try to get him into a, a phone booth and he had a great game plan. He, he changed a lot of things that, uh, he would typically do in a fight. He didn't overextend. He didn't let me draw him into a, kind of a brawling style he he was, was super methodical and technical he, I, I didn't have the cardio to push the wrestling as hard as I really wanted to and 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 try to level the playing field there a little bit because the last thing you want to do is be you don't want to be in front of Khalil Roundtree anyways but the last place you want to be is in front of him tired and so I had to conserve some energy so I wasn't allowed I wasn't able to do a lot of stuff that I wanted to do um at least at that pace and you know, he, he, he didn't go to, he went to the uppercut like one time early in the fight and he didn't go back to it until the third round. So I was getting away with kind of just shelling up and keeping my head tight and kind of like dealing with the stuff that was coming around. And I was kind of jamming up his straight punches. So I was taking them, but they weren't like real hard because he wasn't, I wasn't at the end of them. So I was kind of jamming his punches halfway. Um, but he, he made him, him and his coaches made a great, adjustment he went uppercut popped my head up and then came over the top um you know and and that was it you know I, I i didn't contest the stop obviously um i was awake and aware the whole time but uh you know there's a, a brain to body disconnect where i'm aware of what's happening but i can't control what's going on on the bottom half um you know so i i've had a lot of memes and videos made about me with uh you know the dancing and and to be fair like the salsa dancing one is really funny um, I, I haven't seen know, them. I've been I've been out yeah. of the loop. So I'll do my research on the Anthony Smith yeah, memes. And I mean, you, you got to give credit sometimes because they get creative. It was, there was a couple of them that are funny, but um, Khalil couldn't have been more respectful. He couldn't have been a nicer guy. He couldn't have uh, even saying, you know, he thinks that that fight maybe goes different. Um, had I had a full camp and, and I thought he was really respectful. He could have fucking hammered me with that last with that last shot, um, you know, when I was trying to figure out which way was up and which way was down, um, by the time I looked up, the referee was already stepping in. Uh, he could have really put put a good one on me, and, and he didn't. And, and I think that that just goes to show the type of person that he is. I think it shows that, you know, even, you know, through all of this, I, I think I earned his respect enough for him to, to show a little bit of restraint there. Um, to be honest, I don't know that I would have done the same for him. Um, and that's not that I don't respect him. It's just that's more my instincts is to follow people mm -hmm. down. Um, I think he has so much power. He knows if he lands a shot like that, he probably doesn't need to. Um, <clears throat> but I think that was really cool of him, and I and I appreciate that. Um, and maybe going forward, you know, if I end up in that same situation, maybe I'll take a page out of Khalil's book and and maybe show that same restraint. I hope that that's the case. But and then afterwards, man, it was uh, it was tough, bro. It was really tough, like. A loss is one thing, but one like that is is really tough to take. Unfortunately, you've been there, so like you get it. Um, it's embarrassing, and and you, you know you just I don't know, just in a dark place, and and then you start asking yourself questions like, 
do I, do I still belong here? Like, you know, in all these questions you ask yourself are, are rational, you know, like Khalil is a top 10 dude, whether it doesn't matter what his number in front of his name is skill wise. And the, the, the talent that he has and that he possesses is, is top five or top 10 level in the world. So, you know, then you ask yourself like, fuck, what am I doing here? Like, I, I just, I don't want to be the guy that has people telling you that you need to leave, you know, like I'd like to go out on my own terms and, and I don't want to be forced out <clears throat> and, you know, you just start you, you, those questions and those doubts come in. Like, do I belong here? Am, why am I still doing this? Like, do I, it, am I doing this because I, it's all I know. Cause it's, I don't need the money and I don't need, I, I don't need to take unnecessary damage. I don't need to get knocked out for no reason. Like I, I, of course, all the, like the money is nice and the paychecks are cool. And, and you know, the, 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 I don't know, the adrenaline rush you get from being in there is awesome. But like, am I just doing this because I don't know anything else? Like, is this all I know? It's all I've done my whole adult life. So you have to like, I just kind of remove myself from everything and, and, and just, cut away from all the outside input and just tried to figure out like what do i really want what are, like why am mm. i still doing this like do i still want to fight because i like fighting or is it just because it's familiar um and i think i came to the conclusion that i i i still like fighting and i still want to do there's some there's some things that need to change though um not just in my game and my style and i think that you know, I, I had a conversation with Glover that I think really helped a lot. Um, just as we age, you have to change some things. It's not that you have to quit fighting. It's not that you have to, you know, like, oh, I'm not as good here. I'm not, you know, this is, I've, I've not progressed here. But there's some things that you're already good at that you can continue to really shape your game around and just change it a little bit. Um, I also think that... Uh, I need to, maybe I need to stop being so focused on like the end goal so much. It's just like, I just want to fight for the title. I want to fight for that. Maybe I just need to just take one at a time and just face whatever challenges in front of me and stop. Not that I'm looking past people or that I'm looking too far ahead, but I, it, it like everything, everything I have wrapped into this fighting thing is about the title. And maybe when I stop being so concerned about the title, maybe I can fully focus on what's in front of me because it's always about the repercussions of that loss or the repercussions of that win. The first thing I thought about when I walked out of the octagon was like, now how long is it going to take me to get to a title? And it wasn't even about the fight. It wasn't even about Khalil. It wasn't about what had just happened. It was about, I was still so focused on like, what does that do to my title hunt now? Like maybe I just need to put that away and stop fucking worrying about it so much and just, take one at a time and just enjoy the right now and just live where I am and just be where my feet are instead of just trying to always be somewhere else. Um, but I still, I still want to fight. I'm not going anywhere. I, I, that's, you know, that's a, probably the worst loss I've ever taken, but uh, I feel like I was, if it, if I was in, if I had more time or I was in better shape or I had a whole training camp or, you know, a lot of things are different. I think that whole thing looks different. I don't think, I aged overnight. I think I just put myself in a tough spot and it didn't, you know, it's kind of like football, you know, like teams go for it on fourth down and when they get it, they look like geniuses, but when they don't convert it, you look stupid and everyone's going to run you over, you know, rake you over the coals about it. Um, 
So I think it's one of those times where like I look dumb as shit now, but had I won, I would have looked like a genius. So, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, man, I, I think, and I'm rambling now, but I think some of this gave me a better perspective on kind of like where we are in the world. Like the absolute hate and vitriol that I got after that fight, like really, and, and again, like, I've I've learned to deal with it. That's just, just that, trolls. I, I, well, I've been sure. trying to not interrupt. There's like first show twenty twenty four. Bisping, don't interrupt Anthony's <laughs> speech. Bad. I've been trying. Oh, I've been trying. No, no. Listen, well, I'm, the, I'm only interrupting to say, it, but they're just trolls. People that send those messages, they don't matter. Any kind of half decent human being does not message a fighter that's a decent person that's trying to provide for their family and revel in them losing and being defeated and failing in their mission. You got to be a certain level of piece of shit to do oh, that. Sure. So anyone that does that, just, just, just forget about that. Well, and, and I've done a pretty good job like on the last couple of years of just dealing with it better. I just write it off and blow it off. But this one was especially, you know, like it was especially a lot of hate, which is, you know, whatever, like that's the position we put ourselves in. But I, I, it almost like helped it almost made me feel better. Like at, at the end of the day, all these people who are talking shit, like if you're one of these people that are online and you're, you're, you, you, you enjoy running to my social media and, and trashing me and whatever, like, don't forget who I am and who you are. Like you're, nobody knows who you are. I pulled myself out of the absolute fucking gutter with absolutely nothing. No high school diploma, uh, criminal record, no friends, no one supporting me. I pulled myself out of from fucking nothing to the worldwide leader of sport. I sit up on ESPN in a fucking suit with no high school diploma talking about fighting. Like it almost made me feel better that like I have done so well with so little that people that are that level of a piece of shit are mad about it. And so like I've almost embraced it and I almost kind of like enjoy it. Like kind of just keep bringing it on because i i've worked so hard to get to where i am and sacrifice so much and if that means i go out and i get knocked out in front of the whole world like so what like it is what it is like i still tried i still had the balls to step out there with a guy as dangerous as him on short notice and didn't fight like a pussy a lot of these people would have went in there and just tried to pick at him and run away and, and avoid him like that's not who i am i'm gonna step into the fire every single time and we're going to see what happens and it doesn't always work out. And that's just life. And if anybody can take anything from, from me or my career, that's what you're going to get out of me every single time. And that's how I attack life. I'm going to step into the fire every time. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but over the entirety of my life, I've continued to move forward and upwards and I've always come back better from a loss. And it just, it is what it is, man. And I got to let it go and have a short memory. Well, I mean, you said a lot there, so I'm just trying to unpack a lot of what you said. Um, first of all, I mean, I'm I'm happy to hear that you still want to fight, really? you know, but if you want to fight, you've got to be a little bit more meticulous about it. If you don't mind me saying, oh, you I know, agree. there's no more short notice fights. That's for sure. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be honest. I said it when we watched the fight on the live, and I didn't want to go into it because it's like I felt like I was betraying you or whatever. I hated it. I was on a walk. I think it was Thanksgiving Day mm -hmm. when I got the message and I found out you were fighting. I hated it. I fucking hated it. I was. I, I didn't understand it because 
And I think, I think, I'm listening, you, you're a fighter, 100%, and you've got balls of steel. You know what I mean? You're like, fuck it, let's go. I can do this. And I think with all this, the trend lately of people stepping up on short notice, you know, Tom Aspinall just going out there and doing it, Volkanovsky stepping up, all right, he lost. But it's, it's been like a kind of a thing, hasn't it? People stepping up on short notice. I think maybe there's people, let's take short notice fights. Mm-hmm. I, I, you only do that when there's really something worth risking it for. Like I did it, but that was a title fight. You know what right. I mean? Right. I didn't understand it because you gained nothing from that. And it, yeah, of course the money, but you're on a contract. The money yeah. still would have been there. Sorry. I'm not trying to kick you while you're down. No, 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 no. I'm, you're right. I, I'm really, I'm really not. We're just, we're going to have an honest discussion. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I didn't like that. Uh, and I think just going forward, you just got to be more professional with it. As you say, in between camps with the weight and stuff like that, leading up to fights and just making more, just making the correct choices. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I would love to see you fight on a full camp against Khalil. And we can't take away from Khalil's performance. He no, did tremendous. No, no, no. But, but the purpose of a fight camp, you know, it's not only to get you in shape, it's to get you mentally ready as well, to get you dialed in, zoned in, locked in, fast, sharp, feeling hungry, knowing that you've done eight weeks of sacrifice. You haven't been out with your buddies. You haven't been drinking. You haven't been doing the things you want to do because it all comes down to this moment. So all that compounds to the best version of yourself on fight mm-hmm. night. And granted, that's what brings the pressure because it's just one night. And if you go out there, you fuck it up. You've done all that sacrifice for nothing. You know, but right. that is why you do that fight camp. Yeah, to get to peak a physical condition so you can push the pace for three rounds, five rounds, whatever it is. But mentally, you're, you're locked in and you're fucking, your reflexes are on point, you know? Right. And if there isn't that fucking goal there or the, the, the belt or the guarantee of a number one contender shot or whatever, then it doesn't really makes sense and that, that was my thoughts and i understand you rolling I knew the that, dice when i knew that going in like i don't know what's wrong with me like i just can't like i need to i've always been a super mentally strong person and i've been able to like just push through and grind and 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 everyone has their down moments but i've always been able to turn it around and, and even when i feel like i say this all the time i've said this on here a bunch of times i don't really care how you feel like if you feel like shit or you feel like you can't do it or you can feel however you want, as long as your actions are positive, like you can feel like you're awful or feel like shit. As long as you're moving forward and putting one foot in front of the other and moving towards your goal, it doesn't really matter how you feel as long as you're making the right step. So I've always been able to do that, but I almost feel like maybe I need to, you know, we've talked about the mental health thing and, and done a good job of managing my mental health but i think maybe i need to add in some sports psychology stuff because my ego can't allow me to make the right decision my my pride like who i am as a man can't allow me to 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 almost to to like even have any any small amount of self-preservation if that makes so, sense so, like, so, so so i, I want to ask you about that and i'm sorry to interrupt but different you're absolutely right. That's why fighters, we need protecting from ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's why you need a manager that will say, no, no, you're not taking that fight. Everybody you know, says no. <laughs> as, fight, as fighters, we say, fuck it. Yeah, let's go. I can do this. 
You know what I mean? And granted, some are a little more flippant in that regard than others, you know? But that's mm-hmm. why you need a team around you that, 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 okay, ultimately you're in control. It's your career. You can sign whatever contract you want. But but when there's like everyone around you, your team and your coaches all saying, no, 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 you'd have to be pretty pig-headed to still go ahead and do that. Um, Honestly, I should have called you. And just, and just I'd have told you, it, fuck no, straight away. And just ran it by you instead of like, my my pride is such a, it's such my my pride and my ego is such a positive thing when you're in the fight. Like I won't allow you to get over on me in this position, but not because I think you're gonna beat me there, but because I just, I, I, my my manhood won't allow it. But mm. it also has put me in some of the worst positions possible, like I'm sitting in right now. Like I wasn't man enough to say no it wasn't that my coaches said this is a terrible fucking idea my manager was like the answer to short notice fights is always no always the answer is always no unless there's something some uh, you know some caveat where it's a one number one contender spot or a title like you said or whatever or they're giving you 10 million dollars like whatever like but if you break it down by pros and cons the answer is always no so my wife was like why why do you why there's no reason to. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't give a response as no, like I'm, I'm too prideful to say, no, I don't want to do that. Or no, I can't do that. Or no, it's too short notice or no, I can't make the weight. Like I could have just said I was hurt. They wouldn't have known any different because oh, I tweaked my knee in practice a week ago. They would have There's never nothing known. wrong with saying no, though. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm locked in. I'm focused on trying to become a world champion. I'm not getting mm-hmm. any younger, right? And I don't want to roll the dice. And they would have right. said, "All right, f- fair enough." See, and I don't know why. I'm just so, I'm like so afraid of like someone thinking I'm a pussy. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, and, and I and like I felt good about the fight. Like, I, like it is, you know, like yeah, this is winnable, but. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I did feel good going in. I really did. But I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> like I just, well, I, well, it's the same thing in the John Jones fight. Everyone always asks about, you know, did, were you considering, you know, not getting up after the knee or, or taking the DQ? No, that never even entered my mind because the question they asked me was, are you okay? I can't, even if I wasn't, I don't have it in me to say no. I can't. I can't bring myself to say those words. I can't say no. I can't do it. Like I, I just can't say it out. Even if I'm thinking it, I can't say it out loud. So no, I never even got to a position to think about a DQ or John or the knee or it was illegal or what. I didn't even get to that point. It wasn't even consideration because the first question was, "Are you okay to continue?" Like it wasn't about like there was nothing after that. Of course, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. Like even if I wasn't, I couldn't. I couldn't say it. So like, that's the exact same situation when the UFC called. Like, yeah, I'll, t- I'll do it. Yeah, I can do it. I can fight that guy. I'm no bitch. I'm not a pussy. What are you talking about? Mm. Hell yeah. Can you make the weight? Of course you can. I could have weighed two seventy. I would have said yeah. <laughs> like, and I would have tried. And that's the problem. And and, and, and problem. I don't that's mean with you. No, but I don't mean with you. I mean it's with guys like you and I. You know, and fighters or whatever. You, your your best strength is also your biggest weakness at the same time. 
You know yeah, what I mean? I, 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 I still find that. I mean, there's a balancing act. I mean, my personality and who I am and all the rest of it has helped me greatly in life. You know, certainly post-fight career, I'm doing very well. But it also hurts me at the same time because I'm often emotionally immature. I'm quick to say something. I'll do great at a press conference. I'll give sound bites. I'll give, be controversial. But it also hurts me in day-to-day -day because I say the wrong shit. And yeah, I that hurts you at the gas station. <laughs> yeah, but do, do, do you know what I mean? And it's the same yeah. with being a fighter. You know, you've got to be more business-like. You've got to be yeah. more strategic, you know, and you've got to let other people make the decisions. You know, that's so, so, that's so funny you say that. Like, I've, I, I've said this a bunch of times to just friends and people that are around me. Like, the traits that I possess that have made me successful and gotten me this far in life also make me absolutely difficult to live with and to be yeah. around and to, to love. I'm hard to love. I'm hard oh. to like be like, I'm hard to be friends with. I'm hard to like, like it's real work. The people that are around me that have been around me for a long time are, are genuinely like gems of humans. <laughs> like, mm. because I'm difficult and I'm just hard to be a friend with. And like those things are, are, are starting to like bleed over. And now instead of helping me in my career so much, I think they're hurting me a little bit. And I just need to, it's going to step back and just reevaluate. And I got to, bring other people in i knew that you weren't gonna enjoy it probably like i knew that you mike well, mike is gonna think i'm an idiot but like instead of just like uh, texting and say hey i took this fight like i need a call and say hey, no 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 you this. text me and you said are you working the uh, event on whatever <laughs> yeah. it was i said no i'm not i'm flying to england and then that was that. You didn't say what you were doing. And then it was Harrington goes, he sent me a link on Twitter saying Anthony's fine. And I was like, oh shit. What right. the F? <laughs> well, and that's what maybe that's what I gotta do. I gotta, you know, maybe do a little bit of sports psychologist things and 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 bring in other people that are because listen, you're not afraid to tell me that's a fucking stupid choice, Anthony. What are you doing? That's stupid. Like you have no problem doing that, which is why I didn't call you probably. Yeah, then no, of course. Yeah. Then there's guys like my manager and my close friends, and my wife. Like they don't uh, possess the ability to stand up to me in those in those situations. And not that I bully them or that I'm mean or whatever, but I'm I'm. It, it, they're easy to convince. You're kind of yeah. overbearing a little bit, so I and, can say, and, and and they'll probably know that all the reasoning and talking and pleading and whatever will be absolutely pointless, mm -hmm. and then. The more they do that, it starts to create friction, and then right. bad tempers flare. Oh, you don't think I can do it? it? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And the next minute, everyone's arguing. It's like, well, that's what he wants to do. All right, well, let's support him. I get right. that. You know, um, it's a it, it's a cruel sport, man. Mm -hmm. It's a cruel it sport. It is, you know, and and having that confidence to step in there and fight and dedicate you, yourself to it is also what makes you do things like that. You know, so you just got to know though going forward. It's a tough sport. People, a lot of people have been saying to me, oh, you need to give him the Joe Rogan, Brendan Sharp talk. I'm like, right. what are you talking about? He took a fight on short notice. He rolled right. the dice. He dared to do something. It didn't pay off, you know. Uh, but there's lessons to be learned. Yeah. And that's always the way. And it's always so cliche to say, but when you make mistakes, and that was a mistake, if you don't mm -hmm. mind me saying, yeah. you know, in hindsight. In hindsight, you did, you for did, sure. You, you didn't know it was a mistake because you mm -hmm. it was it was it was an educated guess and you thought I say educated guess but you're like I feel I can do this right I, I believe I in myself yeah. I believe I can do this and nobody knew until you went out there and did it and it turns mm -hmm. out now with hindsight that that was a mistake so so what do you do 
How do you learn from that? How do you make right. sure you don't make those same mistakes? How do you we make have sure conversations that, you like this and that just... you don't go into a fight unprepared? You know right. what I mean? Because these are the best fighters on planet Earth. Khalil Roundtree was stopping a lot of people in a row. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a very dangerous opponent. You have to respect everyone that steps in there and know that, hold on a minute, if I'm not on my A game, never mind top 10, top 15, entry-level UFC fighter, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. These are serious people that need to be respected and you need to respect yourself as well at the same time and all the hard work that you've put in and your family and your team around you that have been with you every step of the way. Do you know what I mean? That's the way you mm -hmm. got to try and look at it and be super professional. I think, right, when I'm in camp, I'm locked in. You say to the UFC, I need two, three months, whatever it is, to prepare for this physically and mentally. And I really mm -hmm. do feel the sports psychologist will really help because I, I worked with one a little bit. He was called Brian Kane. And mm -hmm. we didn't do too many sessions, but the mind controls everything. And I say that all the time, but it's the most important tool that you have. And for me, kind of my sports psychologist was Jason Perillo. He really helped me get my emotions in check and all the rest of it. But, but you know, it's got to be meticulous moving forward. Otherwise, you're doing a disservice to all the people around you. But more importantly, yourself. Because yeah. we all still believe in you. I know you have the ability, Anthony. But if you're going to half-ass it, then right. what's the what's point? What's the point? Yeah, what's the point if I'm not going to commit to you know making the right decisions? It's not anytime I'm in camp, I bust my ass and I show up ready. But like, if I'm not going to make the other right decisions, then I'm wasting my time. And that's I don't know. It's it even feels different before. Like even even in the the span fight before that. Like I don't know. I just feel different right before the fight. I don't know. Did that change for you as you got older? In what know. sense? What do you mean? Like, like less? Man, when I was younger. Fearful of the moment? No, it's almost more. Like when I was, when I was younger, I could not give a fuck less. I, I couldn't, I couldn't have possibly cared less about what was going to happen in there. I was just hype and I was angry and I was ready to go. And now I like find myself struggling with my emotions a little bit before I walk out. Like, I don't know how I feel. Like I, Am I, am I, am I supposed to be hyped up? Am I supposed to be calm? Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. It's the weirdest thing. I don't well, know. That's it's probably like a mixture of things because a, you, you're getting older, you're maturing, mm -hmm. you're around the fight game more. I mean, you've had a lot of fights, you know, so you're yeah. used to that environment. When you first start, well, I, I think, always tell fights. I think we're at the fights a lot too. And I think that throws it off. Like everything at the apex is so familiar. Because we're there mm. so much. So you don't have that those butterflies when you're walking in. Because like like I see all my friends, I'm like dabbing up the security guys and like yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm home. So I don't have this unfamiliar feeling going on when I'm in there. And it's even the same on the road. Like everything, I think I'm just at so many fights that I'm just so familiar and so comfortable there. Then I get ready to fight and I don't know how I'm supposed to feel because I do feel very, very comfortable, but I know that I'm supposed to be like a little bit nervous or like hyped up, but I'm not. So then I try to like recreate it or, or try to force it. And it's, I don't know. That's where like, the, I think the sports psychologist will come in and just help me figure out like, how do we manage all these feelings and thoughts, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, listen, yeah. it took a lot of bravery to come out and say all that, Anthony, and I respect yeah. you for it. I do, man. And listen, you know, you, it, it's a natural process. You do, you bury your head in the sand, you go away, you don't respond and all the rest of it. But eventually, you know, you, you come crawling back out and you right. say, all right, it is what it is because we're embarrassed. First and yeah. foremost, let's be honest, as fighters, as men, right? 
battle, combat is something historically that that's what men do or alpha males do, you know? Mm-hmm. And you go out there and you talk a good game and you fail, it's embarrassing. I've it been there, many people have been there, but for what it's worth, all right, there hasn't been a few fights for a few weeks and I'm losing my mind. I'm having to watch regular <laughs> sports. I don't understand the rules. But uh, but my, it's almost every week. There's boxing and all the rest, and people, they, they do. It happens all mm-hmm. the time. And in the wash of traffic and news and all the rest of it, people have forgotten about it. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, for sure. It's, and, and, it's you. You're all that matters. And you, right. for you, do you want to do it? Does your family want you to do it? Do you yeah. need to do it? If all those answers are yes and you want to do it, then fucking do it. If the answers are no, then, then then don't. And you just got to remember this. I mean, because this sounds really bad. To, well, not bad to say, but, you know, sometimes you got to take stock and look around at your life and think, shit, look how good I've got this. I mean, you said before, no high school diploma. You're standing mm-hmm. on there in the ESPN in a suit and you're a bloody good analyst, very one of the best up there. And I kind of did the same thing because life gets you down, right? And sometimes, you know, even, you know, like I've, I've got a great life. I can't complain. But sometimes I feel sorry for myself. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I bloody feel, still feel like the victim of things or whatever. And I remember because I was just in England and we drove down to Heathrow Airport from Clitheroe. It's a long old drive, about four and a half hours. Doesn't sound long by California or American standards, but in England, that's a long drive, especially when you're going on a long old flight. So we're driving down, we set off at midnight, we got to the airport about 4.30 in the morning and we stopped at a service station uh, on the freeway, on the motorway. And we walked in, I was starving. And all that was open was a McDonald's. There was the only thing there. And I don't eat McDonald's. I haven't had a McDonald's in ages. I went to Rebecca. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get a cheeky McDonald's. She's like, oh, don't do it. I'm like, babe, I'm starving. We all ended up getting one. Anyway, point of the story is, it's three o'clock in the morning. We're in some shitty little service station in the middle of nowhere. And there's this Pakistani guy. He's working there behind the counter, right? It's dead. We were the only people there. Mm-hmm. He's got a smile on his face. Right, it's three o'clock in the morning. He was older than me. He's serving me McDonald's, and his attitude and his positivity, and and I, you know, and I was like, I was like, Happy New Year, and I was trying to talk to him all the rest. And I walked out. I says, Look at that. Some uh, this guy. Let's be honest. Does he want to be working in a McDonald's service station at three o'clock in the morning where there's no customers? Do you know what I mean? I'm sorry to anyone that does that. I'm not trying to sound insulting, but when you're a kid. You don't think that's where your life's going to be. But he right. still had a smile on his face. He was still pleasant to deal with. And it made me really take stock of myself. I think, shit, look how lucky I am. Do you right. know what I mean? So you just got to listen. Bad shit happens. And in the grand well, scheme was, of things, it's not even that bad. And that, and that was the last thing that I was going to, before I get off the, my soapbox. I know, that, again, all these, all these, uh, <clears throat> It's going to sound like I've been sitting around, you know, people are going to love that I've been sitting around feeling sorry for myself with my head in in the sand. But like, I haven't been, I've been really like, just in terms of like MMA and like being visible and, you know, in the public and social media and all that stuff, I've been kind of hiding out, but I I was, uh, this would have been three days ago. I was standing in Winter Park, Colorado at the very top of the mountain at 14,000 feet skiing with my entire family uh-huh. and well, it, and, Must and I'm be not nice. tra- well, I'm not trying to brag. I don't want it to come off like I'm bragging, but I'm, I'm just trying to give myself from some perspective, kind of like your McDonald's story. Like there was a guy that, that had recognized me and I was skiing with uh, a friend of mine 
and my family's there and like I have my entire family and this huge trip to Colorado forever. And this guy recognized me. He's like, man, I was just, I feel so bad for you uh, about your last fight. And like, we're like just getting off the ski lift at, at a, like in front of a restaurant it, in skis, You only mm. a restaurant you could only ski to. And like that guy's feeling bad for me. Like I'm on literally on top of the world right now in the most beautiful place I've ever been. Like the, I, I, it is so arrogant of me to let him feel bad for me. Like I, I'm doing fine. Life is good. Yeah, I'm in a great yeah. place overall. My kids are healthy. My wife loves me most of the time. She's nice to me most a lot of the time. time. Yeah, she's <laughs> nice to me a lot of the time. I'm I'm been very fortunate in all parts of my life. Like I had one bad night. It fucking happens in this game. It is what it is. We move forward. We move on. But I'm 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 not going to allow myself to feel sorry for myself. Harness the good energy. Block the bad. That's what you got to do. And block the sharks. And block the uppercuts. Right. Check yeah. You watch out for them uppercuts. Hey, and, I did a pretty good job checking sure. kicks, though. I did a pretty you good did. job checking you kicks. You did. Uh, I expected there. you to throw more leg kicks. So, look, listen, right? We, we look forward to the comeback. Okay. Right. Don't call it a comeback. You never went anywhere. It is what it is, man. It is what yeah. it is. Just uh, learn from this and we get better. 100%. Well right. done. Well said, Therapy Anthony. session, no, therapy session over. <laughs> Dr. Bisping, I'm right. always here. My door is always open and very competitive rates. All right, today's episode is sponsored by Shopify, which is something that you need to use, need to take advantage of, need to get involved with. If you're an entrepreneur, if you have a business, or you've got an idea for a business, if you've got an idea right now, action it, take it off the ground, get it online and do it quick easy and conveniently. Oh, by the way, do it cheaply as well. Whatever you are selling, you got to be online. You got to sell to the entire world and Shopify covers everything. It also covers every single channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. They've got 24-7 customer service help. They've got an extensive library course. Shopify is there to support your success every single step of the way. By the way, it lets you instantly accept every single major payment method as well. So right now, get serious about selling and try Shopify today. Take your business to the next level. Go to Shopify today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash believe or lowercase. One more time, shopify.com slash believe to take your business to the next level. Shopify dot com slash believe for a trial period of one dollar per month. Uh, right, let me see. There's a lot happened in the world of MMA, though. Should mm-hmm. we quickly? Should, Harrington, Brian, are we there? Are we here? Hello, my guys. Sorry, I was late. I, uh, you know, New Year. Also, thank problem. you, Harrington. Yeah. Thank you, Harrington, <laughs> for the vodka and ginger beer and contributing to the current bender that I'm on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Harrington and Brian, I gotta say thank you as well because we got back <laughs> from England and there's a big old box there. And I'm like, what's this? Do you know what I mean? Cut myself. Uh, actually, cut myself by opening the box because it was very well packaged. But yeah, vodka, wine yeah. for Rebecca, so, tonic right. mixers. I'm like, this guy's done yeah. his homework. He so has. thank you very much. Yeah, and now you. I feel like an asshole because I never sent you guys anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. I have. 
<laughs> Dude, you sent me the pack and play. My daughter sleeps in every night. So uh, you've done plenty for my family, Michael Bisping. Um, oh, I had limes in there initially, but then you told me you were going to be in England for a week. So I took them out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Well, thank you. And you actually saved the day, Rebecca said, because as I said, we had a little drink last night. Nothing much, but uh, we, haven't, we haven't been to the store. Rebecca hasn't been to Ralph's or anything. And she's like, Harrington saves the day. There's a bottle of wine and there's vodka. So I'm like, let's go. And Brian, of course, it was from you as well. So thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Thank you. Uh, happy New Year to everybody. We didn't talk about UFC 296. Now, we won't get oh, too yes. in-depth on it because... It happened a while ago, and I'm sure people are sick of watching other podcasts because we took a little break. By the way, we did take a break, and I think it was needed for me mentally as well because you're doing it all the time. You're on the grind. You're on the go, doing the YouTube, doing the podcast. I got to England. I had all my stuff, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to decompress as well. So anyway, Colby Covington, Leon Edwards, I'm sure you watched Anthony. I did. And this is the problem right now because this is probably why people talk shit because we are analysts and we talk about the sport. And when you go out there, particularly now that you still compete, you give, an, you give a take on a fighter and then they throw it back in your face. Well, look at your fight. Well, that's just the game that we played. And that's yeah, but no one tells football commentators that, oh, well, why don't you go throw the ball better? No, exactly. just because I can't do what they do doesn't mean I can't talk about it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can be a backseat driver or what, what do they call it, a Monday morning quarterback right? all day long. Colby Covington, Leon Edwards. Um, well done to Leon, of course. He yeah. becomes the first and the only Brit to defend a world championship two times. So, fuck you, Leon. <laughs> 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 Kidding, of course. Um, wasn't the most exciting fight. I thought mm. it was a clear-cut uh, victory for Leon Edwards. Yeah, Colby didn't even show up. Until that mm. round, what was it, three or four? Until he actually started trying to fight. What did you think? You know, I've, uh, I haven't ever given a whole lot of consideration to ring rust in the past. Mm. But uh, we've never seen Colby fight like that. It, no. His pace was slow. His output was bad. He, it, he just didn't show up in the first part of the fight. And, and maybe that could be, again... I want to give Leon his credit. Maybe that's something that he's seen while he was in there. Maybe Leon was giving him a look that he didn't like. Maybe it was, uh, you know, it could have been a, a multitude of different things, but the, the, the facts are the same. He, Colby didn't, didn't fight at all in the first few rounds. So mm. you can't win a fight if you, if you throw away the first three or lose the first three. So, so clearly you, you can't, and Colby's not a finisher. You can't lose three rounds at the beginning of the fight and expect to win. Like, you don't yeah, have yeah. the ability to finish late. I remember thinking, because I had details from the Octagon, and a big thank you to everyone that came. Uh, London was great. Manchester was absolutely incredible. What a night that was. Oh, my God, the crowd was wild. It was awesome. So thank you all for being there. What an incredible night. Finished. We did the, the meet and greet, and then we were supposed to go off and have, like, dinner somewhere and celebrate, you know, a successful night, and I was just done. And I called Rebecca because she stuck around. The meet and greet went on for about two and a half hours. It took a long time. And oh, Tom Aspinall was funny because we were yeah. there and um, we were doing the meet and greet. And it, it got to like two o'clock in the morning. And Tom Aspinall just kept going, I'm starving. I'm starving. I'm starving. And then Tom, because he's the nicest guy. You know what I mean? He's mm -hmm. the nicest guy. And then he just said to, it was to himself under his breath. 
he goes, if I don't eat something in a minute, I'm going to hit someone. <laughs> That's how hungry he was. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He didn't yeah. actually mean he was going to punch someone. I just, I just started laughing my head off because I heard it. Um, I went back to the, I called Rebecca. I said, what are we doing? We're supposed to go to a restaurant. She goes, I've ordered room service. I'm like, great bollocks to it and then Daz who was with Daz Morris thank you he's like Mike don't feel under pressure he said I'm tired as well so I went back we ordered room service I sat there stuffing fries and a club sandwich down my throat at 2 o'clock in the morning the fight started everyone went to sleep and I watched the fight and I'm led there and I was thinking just to go back to what we were talking about um, because Colby wasn't shooting now of course that's his path to victory Mm -hmm. but sometimes and you'll know this when you're there and you're in front of an opponent like Leon, who's fast, who's long, who's moving a certain way, who isn't presenting himself as a target, who's just doing little tiny subtle things, you don't feel the that everything's perfect to shoot. You think, if, right. I, don't, if I shoot now, he's going to knee, he's going to uppercut. He's not, oh, damn, he's not where I wanted him to be in my mind, how I prepared for this fight. He's not conforming with the game plan that I had in my mind. So, yes, it wasn't Colby attempting, but some some of that's got to, you got to give credit to Leon for yeah. the way that he was moving and maybe just slight little tiny little things that was putting doubt in the mind of Colby Covington. Yeah, there was there was something he was seeing that was that was not making him feel good. That's for it. Mm. and I and maybe and again, I I I did bring it up as ring rust, but that could be he just hasn't been in there to be comfortable. So like all on top of him not being in there for a while, you got you know, just a little bit rusty and the timing and the speed is different when you fight. It's different you can't you can't replicate fight speed and stuff in practice. So it it'll take you a little bit to kind of get your bearings. But I do think that Leon was showing him something that he didn't like. And Leon does a good job. He's never static ever. Even if it's he's flashing, you know, you see him flashing the uppercut or or he's checking the knee. You know, he, he did it right before he kicked Camaro, even. He kept going to the body, going to the leg, going to the leg, going to the leg. And then he'll just kind of turn that hip down or turn that knee down. And Camaro's reacting to it. Like he does that a lot. He constantly is pulling reactions out of people. And I think that Colby just really struggled with that. And also, like, maybe, I mean, we don't know mentally what was going on in Colby's mind. Perhaps it's something, and, and this happens, and you'll know what I'm talking about. You go to take someone down, you, you get in a little bit, you clinch, and they throw you off. They defend it so easily that you're shocked. You think, shit, mm-hmm. he was strong. He felt aggressive. He felt powerful. You know, and that diminishes your own confidence. And again, that's credit to Leon. You know, I'm not, you know, it, it really is. So, mm-hmm. listen, w- wasn't exactly a barn burner of a fight but it was right. a solid defense. He got the job done. Leon Edwards is still the champ. Um, I don't want to shit on Colby Covington, but there were some pretty nasty things said leading up to that. And he was yeah. pretty nasty on the microphone afterwards as well. He said, yeah, you're all booing. You're all just a bunch of broke bitches. I think that's what he said on the microphone. Mm-hmm. That is not his way to endear himself to the fan base. You know, Donald no, Trump, a, and I'm not sure. Sh- a quick turn. <laughs> you think he's trying? Do you think he's just in too deep to his character, and he just thinks he has to double down to to get any heat back? I I I don't know. I don't know because generally, at times with fighters, you have the trash talk, you have all of that bravado, you have the wild things that you say leading up to it. And we've seen this throughout the history of combat sports. When it's all said and done, when you finish throwing down, win or lose, you generally, generally, there's an embrace, there's a respect, and yeah, people are booing, but you've just got to take that. Calling everybody broke bitches because they're not in the position that you are is not going to help him. And I know there's been a massive PR backlash 
you know, and then of mm-hmm. course he, he brought up Leon's father. They said, I like Colby. You know, I've had a couple of long conversations with him and I, I, I thought he was fantastic. He came on my YouTube channel. We did a long chat there and I, I've had personal interactions, but he didn't handle that well. Bringing up Leon's dead father. I mean, that was that was kind of a low blow. I mean, yeah. there's just certain things you don't talk about. Well, Sean Strickland just recently came out and said that, you know, like there's a he was on the he was on Theo's podcast, I think. With he's talking about Drickus. Yeah. And he said he, there, there's some lines you just don't cross. Um, I think some of those lines are gray and people jump back and forth a little bit, but there's a couple that are pretty hard and fast. Mm. There it is right there. There's the quote. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sean the, the, said there's, there's some things that are off limits. You don't really talk about a man's wife. You don't talk about a man's kids and you don't talk about a kid being abused. These things are all off limits. Once he crossed that, I tried to fucking ignore it. I was boiling, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes on and talks about it. But, um, I, I, I think those lines are ones you don't cross. And, and you know what it reminded me of? You remember when Connor broke his leg and he was sitting there on his ass in the octagon mm. screaming up at, at Dustin. Your wife's in my DMs. Your wife's in my DMs. Like, it was almost like he was he had run out of everything else and he couldn't. Like Connor's always been very, very funny, very, like, very quick-witted, very clever. And, and almost kind of tongue-in-cheek, a little bit like Chael. Like, very tongue-in-cheek, very funny, very quick with it. But when Connor went like went that route, you could just tell he was kind of just defeated and deflated and just, and just lashed out with just fire. And that's kind of what I felt like with Colby. He was, like, uncomfortable. He felt like he was losing those interactions, and it just, like, he just spit fire because he was out of everything else. So, so, so with Connor there, I think what, what happened there was that obviously, all right, he lost the fight. You know, he's got a broken leg. He can't mm-hmm. even stand and give the interview with Rogan. Right. Rogan's got to come down to his level and do it on the ground. You know, you're embarrassed, uh, uh, as we've discussed at length. He, his pride is fucking hurt. He's Connor McGregor. He's the big star. And he's like, how can I hurt this guy the fucking most? What is the fucking nastiest shit that I can come out with right now to embarrass him and try and make him feel bad in that moment? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than saying, hey, your wife has been in my DMs, bro. You know right. what I'm saying? That was just like the adrenaline and the few frustration and the anger all coming out and that boom, there it is right there. Mm-hmm. And that, again, that's just human emotion. Yeah. And you, right. you're not, when people come out with shit like that, we're not in control of ourselves. I've said things that I definitely, and I still do to this day. And that's why I'm trying to work on it. I don't mean, I do mm-hmm. not mean when, when you're angry like that, the shit that comes out of your mouth, you're not in control of it. It's almost like another person. Now, mm-hmm. granted, that doesn't get you off in court or if you get no. sued or slandered or you get fired or whatever. It's like, well, you said it. You've got to be man enough to own it. But it's like some for some people, and definitely I'm one of them, sometimes I'm better on it these days. But when you see red, when you're in that red zone, fucking everything's on the table. I, 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 well, <laughs> yeah. not, not everything's on the table, everything's on the table and stuff that doesn't even <laughs> exist is on the table. And I'm going to say all kinds of shit that I don't even believe, but I'm going to say just making make shit threats. up. Yeah. Well, like, 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 Oh God, oh, I was going to say a story there, but I'm not going to go into it. I'm just not, cause it's too long and people don't know the guy, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's funny, you know, talking that you bring up Sean Strickland and Drickers, obviously they had that little throwdown at two nine six. Um, 
What do you think about this, though? Because Sean, you know, he got emotional on Theo Von's podcast. And, and, and of course he did, you know, because Sean plays this character. I don't mean plays this character. This is the character that he puts forward. But, of course, he has his emotions and he has his deep thoughts and maybe dark thoughts, of course. And he's very open with them. He came on the podcast a while ago with Harrington before you run and, like, you know, threatened to kill Harrington and all the rest of it. And, you know in a very, very jovial way, you know, as only mm -hmm. Sean Strickland can do. Uh, but when you're talking about childhood abuse, of course it's going to trigger emotions. And of course you're going to get emotional, and there's no shame in that. But speaking of Khalil Roundtree, you know where I'm going with this. Remember when Khalil got emotional at a press mm -hmm. conference and Sean came out and was calling him a beta male and all this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? So he's opened himself to a little bit of criticism. I don't think there's anything wrong with showing emotion. I think people will respect him more for that. You know, but it's but this is just the fight game. People are going to talk shit back in regard, uh, in oh, response. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and, and even in that quote, like he said, you don't talk about people's wives. You're like, wait a minute, Sean. I like you a lot, but you're the one that has been lighting this fire about Ian Gary's wife for like. Oh god. <laughs> so like, you can't. You know, like it. it that you know, it doesn't really work. But you know, I actually like, enjoyed... that doesn't work. That because you don't talk about work. people's wives. You don't. Like Jorge no. Rivera did that to me. And that was the one time when it was all said and done, the fight wasn't over. I was like, you can still kiss my ass. Go home, you loser. Right? Because he, oh, yeah. I mean, I would never make it to a fight. I would never yeah. make it to a fight. No, no, no. that's what I said. I, I said, this, <laughs> this, this here. If I see him on the street, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. I have not come here right. for a mixed martial arts contest. I've come to beat him to piss. Um, right. So, yeah, I thought it was nice seeing that. Sean. I thought it was nice seeing Sean. I've always thought. I hope Sean doesn't see this and get upset, but as a person who maybe not in exact scenarios, but in, in very similar, um, I don't know how I'm trying to say this. Like he had a different situation with his dad growing up, but I think the level of severity that I have with mine is very similar, like different scenarios, but very, you know, just as damaging, I think. Um, so I've always looked at Sean like, I know why you are the way you are. Just on a couple of things that he said in the past and the way that he re reacts to some things, like I understand Sean. That's why I've always, mm -hmm. I think we've always had like a, a very, like, I think we understand each other better than maybe most. And are you talking about me and him, you? No, no, me and Sean. You, oh, me and, Jesus Christ. Like I, thought we were connect, I thought we were having a real connection there. <laughs> well, maybe, but like, I just had a very tumultuous you know, damaging relationship with my father as well. So mm. I've just understood him. So, uh, and I know people like Sean and I know, and they're in very similar positions, at least as far as the, the trauma they went through. So I understand him, but I, I was happy to see him kind of just let a little bit of that out on Theo's podcast, because I think now maybe other people will understand him. Like he is the way he is because he is, he had to create that to protect mm -hmm. himself. Like he, well, that's a good way of putting it. Sorry, he's had on, to, on, yeah, he's point. he's had to he's had to create whatever he is today. I believe, you know, and I'm not going to speak for him or or anything like that. And maybe I'm totally wrong, but I believe that Sean is the way he is because he's had to create that person to protect himself when he was younger, and it just grew into a man. And fortunately, he found a place to let it out, and and to and he found a place where he's accepted for that. He he's he's made a living he's become a world champion he is a rich man now like he is he he got very fortunate 
because there's a lot of guys like Sean in prison that didn't end up hey. in, in the situations that we're all in right now. So uh, I'm happy he let it out because I hope that other people can see like, oh, wow, that guy's in a lot of pain. And he's had well, to create this person to protect himself. And like credit to Theo for handling it really well too. And just being like, letting him just let him do his thing. Let it, Sometimes you got to cool. get it out and then you just move on. And so I hope he doesn't catch too much shit about it, but I'm glad he let it out a little bit. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's a defense mechanism. You know, he basically said exactly that, but in a different you way. You had to survive. More, he had to find a way to survive. survive. But that's what we all do. And, and I think, and you're probably, this is probably a key moment for you where you can definitely relate given current uh, recent circumstances. You know, fighters like that, given, you know, most fighters, most fighters, you know, I'm not saying they're all as bad as the situation that Sean Strickland went through, but look at Mike Tyson, you know, those tough backgrounds and those hardships and the adversity, you know, I grew up around a fair bit of violence and all the rest of it and a lot. And and that it creates this person, you know, and, and as a defense mechanism, you become a different type of person and you shield everything off and you become the tough guy and you put on this armor that nothing affects you. And I think a lot of fighters, deep down are very insecure. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm an insecure person, but I shield that with being overly confident. Like nothing Mm -hmm. bothers me. Everything fucking bothers me. My wife knows that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm very insecure, you know, and and, and maybe some people can see that, but a lot of the brashness comes to shield that because of shit that happened probably when you were a child or what you've been through. Now my life's great. So I'm not talking about me, but I think a lot of fighters, that's why that, that becomes who they are. It becomes their identity. Then they are rewarded because they start to get acclaimed. They start to get popularity. As you said, with Sean, he's become champion of the world. So you, you then it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You put on another coat of paint, another suit of armor, and then you accentuate that even further. And before you know, right. you this fucking madman running around getting into fights with Drickers Duplessis because right. that's who the fuck <laughs> with a million dollars in the bank. But deep down inside here, okay, you want to cry like a little boy. I had someone tell me one time. And this is one of the the smartest things I've ever heard anybody say. When you're a kid and you're growing up, that's like when everything is implanted in, in your identity of like who you are. To like people are either doing one of two things: they're either thriving or they're surviving, and that never changes. No matter what happens to you, and no matter how successful you are in life, in your upbringing in your childhood. If you are a survivor, if you're put into that surviving situation where you just have to do whatever you have to do to make it and survive and get on to the rest of your life or get on to the next day in some cases, that's ingrained in you. So if Sean was surviving and just trying to create whatever he had to change in his mental and in his body to just make it, he still feels like that today now that he's made it and now that he's got money in the bank and a world title and he still feels like he's just trying to survive and just trying to make it. That's probably why he is the way he is. It's why I am the way that I am where I never feel like it's enough because I've, I've spent my entire life in that surviving mindset that even when you don't have to just survive anymore, you can't get out of it. But people that thrive and have a great upbringing, it's why I've tried to be such a good parent. I want my kids to always be in that thriving mindset where everything is is moving forward and going well. And then you just continue to thrive until you're a, a successful human being on in a, a successful part of civilization. And then you go on and hopefully you pass that on to your kids. 
but you don't want to continue to pass on that surviving mindset because you never really create a truly happy person. Well, well, and the thing is as well is that I think a lot of fighters, and I'm speaking from my experiences and I'm assuming probably Sean Strickland as well, you know, you, you kind of go live in imposter syndrome. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you're like, this isn't who I am. Hundred percent. I'm not this famous. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be famous. I'm not supposed to be popular. I'm not supposed to have my face on posters. I went to fucking prison when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if it, as you said before, if it wasn't for the UFC, I was definitely going down a very, very dark path. Thankfully mm-hmm. to Rebecca that I managed to turn things around. But but I think a lot of fighters they are, and they're still living that imposter syndrome deep down inside themselves. If they're very honest about it, and they're like, "Shit, yeah. we've turned this around. We're doing great." But fuck, you know, deep down, I'm still just a piece of shit. I'm yeah, I'm just afraid. Of, I'm, I'm afraid of losing it. And if you look at That's other athletes, sometimes I, I don't like going back to my hometown sometimes because I'm constantly reminded of the version of myself that I used to be. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's nice to be out here in California because I'm the new, everyone just knows me for the new version. I was yeah. a little shit when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, That's why I don't like going to my hometown all the time. All the, yeah, like exactly. Familiar faces, familiar places. You're like, oh, I could, I could fuck my life up yeah. in a week here. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Very, very easy. You know, if you, if you look at other, other athletes and other sports too, you can tell the difference between us and them. Like just... And I'm speaking to like your imposter syndrome thing. And I think people probably have this, not just in sports, but just in life in general, like in regular jobs. But like, we you know, whenever you're around football players or basketball players or, 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 or just really golfers, tennis high, players, high level athletes, they're like, this isn't anything crazy to them because throughout their entire life, well, they're they've kind of been from an early been, age, they've been special. So they've been thriving through their entire childhood. So like these people, these football players, these basketball players, like they've been great their whole life. They've been moved on along this path. They're exactly where they're supposed to be. It's not that big of a shock for a lot of them when they end up in the NBA or the NFL, because they knew when they were in middle school, well, they were seven they were foot gonna, tall at middle school, right? That's you know where they I mean? were going to be. Like their His name was LeBron. You're going to be in the NBA, son, <laughs> you know, like we, they're preparing right. for the NBA in middle school. We're just, trying to fucking make it to the next day 100 and as you said these golfers these tennis players or whatever most of those sports you show a talent and then you are groomed the school takes an interest your parents take an interest and everything mm-hmm. is just you know preparing you to become a professional and to be one of the best in the world at that mixed martial arts is a very different thing boxing is a very different thing as well you know yeah. so yeah yeah and that's why that's why though it is as real as it gets. And that's why you do get, no, that's why you get some wild shit at the press conferences because they're not, they haven't gone through all the PR training. They haven't been around these great schools. They haven't had these, been a part of these programs where they go to fancy country clubs or the tennis courts or Mm -hmm. swimming meets and all the rest of it. You've been around fucking maniacs. And then even when you get to the gym, (laughs) you're around other maniacs and you're a set of fucking thieves all banded together in a gym Mm practicing violence every day and the shit that gets said in the gym if you think that's mad at a press conference you want to hear what gets said in the fucking gym you yeah. know what i mean because it's times 10 it's way worse you know what i mean so <laughs> thank God. and then they throw no us smoke. out and then they throw us out into civilization in front of the world put a camera in your face with and a microphone you, yeah start asking you crazy questions yeah. and they're like why would he talk like that are you serious wow 
you know where I came he, from? <laughs> he needs cancelling. You know, that was yeah. why, like, on uh, Tales from the Octagon, like, I'd, I talked about the nasty shit in the fight game, and I went through some stuff because I was talking about uh, the Ian Gary stuff and all the backlash, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And I said, but this is the fight game. This is what people do. You know, and I went through some certain examples, and the, the, the creme de la creme, the piece de resistance, was I, I played a clip of Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson, well, I think it was when he fought Lennox Lewis, right? A brawl escalated and a reporter said to him, you need to be in a straitjacket. And he goes off on one. And he's yeah. like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, you want a real man? Uh, I will F you until you love me. Love me. Uh, <laughs> right, right. In the hard right. F word. <laughs> in the hard F, which we're not going to yeah. say because we're going to get cancelled beyond belief <laughs> and thrown off YouTube, which is ridiculous. But, um. But yeah, I mean, so I went through and I finished with that one because yeah, we're wild people at the end of the day. All right, today we're going to talk about FitBod, which is the smart workout app that you have on your phone that will create custom dynamic exercise programs for you based on your goals, your experience and your equipment. It gives you varied routines as well, so you avoid overtraining, and it does it cheaper. They also have an algorithm on there which uses data and analytics to scientifically build your next best workout so you can maximize results. You can also see your muscle usage, recovery, achievements, and workout streaks right there in the app. And you are in control because the workouts are designed just for you, so you're getting precisely what you need. By the way, access to FitBod for one year will cost you less than one session with a personal trainer. You can get a full year of personalized workouts with FitBod, fit exercise into your schedule, and learn how to do the workouts as well because FitBod, it works with any Android or iOS device. By the way, the app's super easy to use because it has HD video tutorials with thousands of videos right there showing the exercises and showing the exercises which you can do with the available equipment. So if you're just going to garage, you're in the park, you're at home, you're in a hotel room, it will show you a workout with what you have available and it will teach you how to do it so you don't get injured. So sign up to FitBod right now and get 25% off when you go to FitBod dot me slash believe that is 25% of this start 2024 the right way with a bang with the workouts which are cheap which you can try for free you can try it out for free when you go to fitbod dot me slash believe and you'll get 25% off this subscription by going to fitbod dot me slash believe all right so you probably saw as well Anthony at the weekend I mean Conor McGregor hyped it he said I'm going to be making my fight announcement New Year's Day. Sure enough, he did that. I don't think anyone was surprised. I mean, <laughs> no. this fight has been lined up for about 17 years. Conor <laughs> McGregor, Michael Chandler, International Fight Week, not in July. It will be on June 29th um, mm -hmm. at 185. <laughs> <laughs> what was that oh, laugh? Um, I know, his, I know. His laugh was weird. <laughs> I know. He's just trying to be a dick because he said, you'll do what you're told. And he mm -hmm. is doing what he's told. Um, no wonder it's 185 because Conor McGregor's arm, I only saw his arm, but it looked a little flabby-dabby. Did it? I, I didn't really I look thought that, so. I didn't, I didn't look that close, to be honest with you. I mean, it doesn't look as, I mean, it looks thick, but it, and yeah. I'm not hating, but he looks a little soft there. Do you know he what looks I mean? Heavy. He looks heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely bigger. Um, Brendan Lofnan, uh 
Who was that? Tales from the Octagon. Thank you for that, Brendan. Well, I love that dude. I like that. Yeah, guy. he's amazing. He's amazing. He said he's done a little training with him out in Dubai. He said, yeah, he's big. He's at least 200 pounds. So what do you think of that? Because, you know, when I, I'm looking forward to the fight. McGregor's mm -hmm. super exciting. He's certainly got plenty of time to get ready, right? And listen, mm -hmm. I'm a bit soft right now. It's just been Christmas, so there's not. I'm not throwing any shade. Um, 200 pounds, so, sorry, 185 pounds is not his weight class. Now, it will right. be a cool thing to, to say that he fought in four weight classes. I think Kenny Florian yeah. and Diego Sanchez are the only other ones. There might be another that did that. Um, now, he fought at 145. Went up to 155, 185. That is not his optimal weight class. Now, granted, he's fighting another lightweight in right. Michael Chandler. The problem is, though, is that, as I say, it's not your optimal weight class. So they're going to be carrying more weight. And if you're Connor, you know, and I'm not hating on Connor, and I'm really excited for the fight because he's the most exciting guy. He is because of the, the, the energy and the presence and the hype. And the performances, you know what I mean? Win or lose, and there's been losses recently. It, there's still big moments. And, and the right. comeback's going to be something special, right? It really is. But I think with all that extra weight, it's going to be an issue because not only making weight sucks, but making weight also insists on discipline because you have to. Like, if I was going to make 185 pounds, I had to do my road work. I had to follow a strict diet. I had to make sure I was getting my ass in the gym because I'm not going to make weight. And if you can be 185 pounds when he fights at 145 or 155. There's not that subconscious threat of missing weight, of not being successful, of having the big comeback, the greatest comebacks in the history of sports, be a failure, you know, because... Having to make weight makes you disciplined. It makes you live that monk kind of lifestyle that right. fighters endure and go through, as what we talked about before with the full training camp with yourself. So what do you think? And then on top of that, he's not known for having the best cardio. But when you're carrying extra weight, whether it's muscle or fat, it's going to tie you down, it's going to slow you down, and it's going to definitely affect your endurance. Well, it's it's going to – I mean, the, those things are going to affect both of them. I do – Get the vibe that Michael Chandler is a little more disciplined, though. In terms well, that's of that's an easy vibe to catch. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be nice about it. He, uh, he's he's a monk twenty four seven, twenty four seven, in a good way. And he can carry, and he can be at one hundred and eighty five pounds. And, and uh, I, you're right with the conditioning thing. Connor's never been known to be able to push it really, really hard, um, and and not. You know, at, at the end of five rounds, he, he is tired. Um, Michael Chandler fights at a really high pace. I think it uh, it would be a bigger deal if Connor was more of a wrestler. So I, I don't, it doesn't really benefit, it benefits Michael Chandler for it to be a 185 more than it does Connor, in my opinion. Yeah, because Connor relies on fast, explosive timing, striking. Right. And just right? carrying That's that extra weight, it's going to slow you down just a little bit. One, well, it's not going to slow him down a little bit. It's going to slow him down significantly. It's going to be noticeable. It just is. It's, it's going to be, be noticeable. noticeable. You're not going to be as fast. You're not going to be as sharp. And you're not going to have to punish yourself every day to get down to that weight mm -hmm. class, which therefore, again, impacts the body, but it impacts the And the footwork's the not going to be the same either. He's, he's going to be a little more plodding. And he's going to have to be because he's carrying, you know, the extra weight that he's not used to carrying. So, like, it's a technique thing, too. 
the techniques that he does and the way that he fights and the footwork that he fights with and the and the the sliding in and sliding out doing that 30 pounds heavier is different he's he hasn't done it at a at fight speed in a competition 30 30 pounds heavier he's never done that it's going to be different and it's going to it's going to look different and it's going to feel different when he's in there even if he convinces With all that- himself that it does it <laughs> Well, well, he is going to convince himself because, of course, he is because that's what we do. As we've talked about at great lengths today, we convince ourselves. Uh, that all that said, I'm still very excited about it. It's going to be an incredible event. I can't wait to yeah. see him back. And Michael Chandler, I'm happy for him because he waited on the sidelines, and people have been talking that he's sitting there like a good little boy. Well, listen, he's mm-hmm. going to get a massive payday out of it. I'm assuming right. he's going to get cut the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm sure that was agreed a long time ago, and that's why he's been waiting. And 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 McGregor, for as inactive as he is. That's why there's such spectacles. If he was fighting every other month, you could miss that one. Well, he's coming back and it's been a long time and there's a big story. And is he going to be the greatest comeback? It's going to be at 185. It's after a season of the ultimate fighter. He was the double champ. He's got the country of Ireland behind him and the whole world is invested in the story. So it's going to be an incredible event and I cannot Mm -hmm. wait for it. As a man that has experienced this though, Joe Rogan, I saw him talking, I forget who it was, about people that have broken their legs and saying they're never the same. And actually, I mean, there's a question to ask you there as well. But how do you think he's going to be? I mean, his, I think, was a bit worse than yours, right? Oh, yeah. His was was definitely worse than mine. Weidman, Anderson Silva, they all said they were never the same. What do you think? Do you think that will play any kind of impact on him? Yeah, yeah. Or have an impact? Absolutely. Absolutely. What impact and how how bad of an impact is it going to have? I don't know. But he's different. And and that's not – I have no evidence of that. I haven't seen anything that's shown that he's different. But he knows it. He can feel it. He moves different. It's not the same. And and that's – leg injuries, knee injuries are uh, – are that's just how they are. Some are better than others. Sometimes you can get away with, you know, uh, you do good rehab and the injury's not as bad. Sometimes with knee, like ligament stuff, you can get away with feeling pretty much 100%. Like – really really wicked bone injuries it's never the same there's arthritis there's a new bone growth there's it looks different it feels different it it's it's different i haven't i don't move the same now am i less than i was before i don't i don't know that i would say that now i think i'm probably pretty close to uh, the same level but it's different it changes mm-hmm. the way i have to do some things for sure and that's well, down to like, little, like little things like guard passing. It's a little bit different because I don't have the the same mobility and feeling sometimes with my with my mm-hmm. lower lower leg bone and ankle. And sometimes the kicking is a little bit different. Like instead of flexing your foot or pointing your toes, you got to flex it. And so like it's there's just some different yeah. things you're going to have to do. And his was way worse than mine. So all those things are are much they're they're a lot different for him. I guess and Weidman you know, will tell you. you know, yeah, Weidman will say like yeah. it's he's very honest that he's he's ne- he's as as healed as he's gonna get, and it's nowhere close to one hundred percent. As I said, I, I guess we we shall wait and see. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, we, that's part we may of not the we may not notice it. You know what I mean? He just yeah, may have yeah. to make adjustments and do things a, a little bit different, and we may not notice it just seeing it, but he can feel it and he knows it. So there hasn't been any UFC events since what? December 16th? Was that the last one? It was December yeah. 16th. 
Um, what have you been doing with your free time? Anthony, sorry, Brian and Harrington, jump on the show, guys. Let's have a conversation, the four of us, because the believers have missed you both also. Mm-hmm. What has everyone been That's doing it. with themselves? Because no podcast, no UFC. All right, it's been Christmas and New Year, but uh, Brian, how have you been filling your time? You obviously missing your, Anthony and mine's face, but other than oh, absolutely. that, absolutely. But I mean, other than, I mean, it hasn't been too much different. I uh, I have other shows that I work on, and I was just uh, doing some extra shit for those guys. So, you know, just work, 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 that's, work, work. That's what I do. Herringbone. I had just extended family time. Like it was baby's first Christmas. So it was like just on overdrive. Like all the, all, all the family had to stop by to see the baby at some point. So it was just a lot of appointments seeing family and stuff like that. And we made it out to Philly for new year's had a blast. So it's it's funny that you mentioned babies because we now have a baby living in our house, a newborn baby. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, it's not found a baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no 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 a, a girl that used to live with us is living with us again now and she's got a newborn baby so rebecca's in a bloody element she is in her element because she's playing mom and all the rest of it and i'm now reverted back to a house with a crying baby and diapers and and all of that good stuff and <laughs> breast milk in the fridge <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean i'm like ah, yeah, brother. gone back 20 years. Uh, have your coffee in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've said th- there's a fridge in the free uh, in the garage. I'm like, put all that stuff in there, okay? Because I don't need that extra sweet stuff. Uh, should we ask Harrington for a non-MMA story, Harry, uh, Anthony? Do we dare? Yeah, yeah. We'll do, yeah. I mean, I said to him, I said, listen, you're going to have to start sending them to me via text so we can sign off on these. But just for shits and giggles, give us the number two about this Beverly Hills guy. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, and hopefully we have the video because I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's rough, uh, rough wording uh, for the headline here. But 90210 actor Ian Zerling, uh, he took on four people in what uh, the, the headline I read said, a motorcycle gang. <laughs> Uh, in a road rage incident. Oh, I see this. Yeah. Oh, they beat now, his ass. I mean, he's holding yeah, his yeah. own. Oh. Hey. Brian, Brian. So basically, he just continues. Nice little foot slide attempt. Now go right to the start because now we know who we're watching. It's the guy in the gray stripy sweater. And then before you press play. Who the hell? What's his name? Ian Zerling? Are you familiar yeah. with this guy, people? Yeah, no, no, if you no, watched really. 90210 when you were a child, he was the blonde dude. Right. No, I, did, I, I didn't watch it in the 90s star if I played to him. You know what I mean? But I'm not familiar with him. But I'll say, because I saw the TMZ headline on Twitter and it said attacked, assaulted, and all the rest of it. Now, we don't know what happened before, but if you look at the guy in the gray, he throws the first punch, in my opinion. Yeah, because it happens right here. Yeah, yeah let's it looks play. Like he's pulling the dude off of his bike. Yeah, it looks like he started it. Yeah, yeah and then he the hits him and then walks off. And then they're all like, hold on a minute, buddy. No, right. no, no, little, no, no. On your little nerd bikes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a gang of midgets. And you shouldn't say yeah. that, word, but sorry. <laughs> gang of midgets attacking you. You to know what fair, I mean? Jumping out of the cannon. Of, fighting a bunch of dudes in helmets is tough. Yeah, and this guy's about to swing it too. <laughs> Look at him. He wipes it off first. <laughs> you see that? You see him wipe the helmet off before he's gonna swing it at someone's head. Oh, I got a buddy that, that drives these little these little tiny 
I don't know what they're called, little groms and little, I don't remember what the other kinds, but anyways, I got a buddy that rides those things. They do travel in packs too. They're a bunch of just a little, little nerdy gang members. <laughs> yeah. What was that? I don't know. I was trying to think of a TV show. Was it G- Biker Mice from Mars or something? Have you seen that? That was a TV show. I didn't even realize how silly these little bikes are. Yeah, look oh, at them. They're yeah, tiny. I, it. Look at it. I mean, the least, it's not exactly, I mean, it's an embarrassing story, isn't it, for this guy? Because number one, he threw the first push. <laughs> then he gets his ass kicked. Then he has to run off and say, what were it, Hell's Angels? No. And I no. believe from what I read, they were all women on miniature bikes. No. They're all women? That's what I heard. I don't know oh, if they I are hope so. women. I hope Damn. so. Because that's Just, even better. Uh, <laughs> I mean, bro, 2023, a 110-pound female could Whoa. beat the rock up. I seen a – I so when we were in Colorado, this has nothing to do with anything that you said 2023 reminded me of it. Uh, we went to this barbecue place when we were in Colorado. Uh, and it's a small little mountain town, so there's there's not a whole lot of, like, room. for. There's a big group of us, so there was not a whole lot of room to, like, sit down. So everyone kind of just went and got different stuff. So me and – uh, my friend Sean went to this barbecue place to get stuff for me, him, and his wife, and my wife. And we're sitting there, we're standing at the bar waiting for our food to come. And um, some, some, uh, I don't, I don't know how to say this without sounding racist. A guy whoa, from whoa, not whoa, whoa, from whoa, America, easy. A guy not from America, like a, an, an immigrant, Asian, like an Asian guy who didn't speak very good. Documented over the border, ten no, thousand no, a day, no, just, not I, getting I, checked. It was an Asian guy. It was an Asian guy that didn't speak great English. So he asked the bar. This is a, again, it's a small little mountain town. These are locals. And he asked the guy like, Hey, where's the bathroom? Right. And so the guy points at the bathroom, like annoyed that he even asked the bathrooms are right there. There's a so sign. Go, he goes can't there. read English to be fair. And he, well, he looks at the doors and they both look the same <laughs> in, in Colorado. Most of the bathrooms are like gender neutral. Like you can, mm. it's either or whatever. Um, they're just bathrooms. And so he comes back and he goes, which, uh, which bathroom do I want to do? I do I go into? And he was like, either one of them. And he was like, well, they both look the same. He goes, just pick one. It's 2023. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> who said that you buddy? No, the guy that was working at the restaurant. Oh, he was super annoyed. Just pick one. Who gives a yeah. shit? Well, so I wouldn't. My daughter was in there and she was three years old, but whatever. I right. uh, don't want to get into all that stuff. Um, 2024, a new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new calendar of fights. What are fights, in your opinion? And we'll throw this to the panel. Join us on the show, please, guys. I'll start the ball rolling. 2024, what fights, in our opinion, need to happen? I'm going to say this. Tom Aspinall, John Jones. And I'm not foregoing the threat of Stipe Miacic. But See, I, I was going to go you, John Jones Stipe so that we can move Tom into whoever he has to fight. Because I would be I fine wanna, with either. Well, I want to see that fight. But yeah. I, I want to see the interim champion, the man that's got a belt around his waist, get to fight the actual champion. So I guess Tom versus whoever wins that one. Don't get Agreed. me wrong. We're all excited Agreed. for Jones versus Stipe. And, yep. you know, it's going to happen, you know. But they, they have to. Whoever wins that cannot. If Stipe wins that fight, because I know he's planning on retiring, and Jones has flirted with that. They can't retire. If they retire, right. if they retire, that is going to be. I'm not going to say an act of cowardice, but it's not going to look good. Yeah, it'd be a travesty for Tom too to not be able to get one of those guys. Well, just real quickly on that on tales from the octagon, I said, "What are you going to do? Are you going to defend the interim belt?" And he's like, "No, 
I'm going to wait for John Jones or Stipe. And I, I said, Tom, with respect, what are you doing? So there's no one near your level. All right, the, 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 there's some competition. Don't get me wrong. You know, but mm-hmm. in my estimation, he's up here. There's Cyril gone. There's some interesting matchups, whatever. But you could just chip away beating contenders or lower-level guys, people, collecting people, big, big, big money, pay-per-view right. points, and two, three title defenses, you cannot be denied. And then the story right. is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're making fucking money whilst you're in your prime. And he's like, no, I want to wait for Jones. And I just, I was like, I think you're crazy, bro. Yeah. Maybe. I, 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 yes. Give me a fight. Give me a fight. That has to happen in 2024. I mean, it's so tough to follow that up. You're talking about you joining the heavyweight title. I wanted to see a couple of contenders matched up. Uh, Brendan Allen, number eight in the, in the middleweight division versus Jared Cannonier. I think that's a super fun fight. Can we all just agree that that's the most Harrington answer ever? Typically, that is, you know, okay. is, that's a great is any, fight. It's a that great the mo- That's the most Harrington shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I'll say, is there any breaking news? And, and he'll say, well, um, like, well, well, I have well, a really great idea for a co main event at the Apex. <laughs> say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll know, I'll always say, is there any breaking news? And he'll say, oh, yeah, this just in. And I can't think of them. Like two unranked flyweights that no one's ever heard of has just been announced. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> No, I mean breaking news, bro. And there he is. Co-main event at the Apex. Mm-hmm. Brian, fight that should happen in 2024. I don't know if it should happen, but I'm pretty sure it's going to happen, which is I think we're going to see uh, Israel Adesanya and Pereira fight again at light heavyweight. Ooh. Ooh. That's a good one. That's Like I said, I don't know if it should happen, but I'm pretty sure it's going to. I, I have another good one, but I'm not going to jump good, in I have just another yet good one too. Mr. Linehouse Smith has to go. I want to see Leon Edwards, Shavkat Rachmanov. Yikes. You're forgetting the name. <laughs> <laughs> what name? You're forgetting I the I name. Can't re- I can't remember the name. <laughs> 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 I Bilal Muhammad. Listen, that's yeah. That, I mean, he deserves a title shot. <laughs> then get it or don't. He's like, yeah. okay, no, sure. he does. But like, there's a reason they're not giving it to him yet. I don't know what yeah. that is. I hope he gets it. I hope he does. I think he is. I think I'm he not, is. Right. I, 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 I hope. I, I hope. He's got it. I'm pretty sure Dana like said pretty emphatically that Bilal's next. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. I think I, mean, I, I, think I saw that too, Brian. He's done enough. I mean, I'm not I'm not hating on him, but he's not. So if he's not going to get it, then that's the fight I want to see. Stylistically, I like the Leon Shavkat fight. Mm. I so. think you no, know, no, same, same. And if judging by the first Leon Bilal fight, mm-hmm. right, as short as it was, it's probably going to be the same. I think Bilal actually, I just saw on Instagram, he's off to Dagestan to prepare for that fight. So oh, expect a dangerous Bilal. And Shavkat mm-hmm. is probably a guy that everyone wants to see fight for a belt. Um, I'll throw you another one. Just engage it, Islam Mahachev. Yeah, definitely. That, gotta happen. It's gotta, gotta happen. Do you think with Islam? Because there was talk of uh, Oliveira, right? But is that off the table now? I think Oliveira was next. At least that's what Dana said initially. But I don't know now. Did I see something somewhere on Instagram about Oliveira and Armin Sarukian? Or am I out of my mind? 
So they both announced they both announced that they had their comeback date like scheduled on the same day on Twitter within hours of each other, which led to people speculating that those two were going to fight. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, Justin versus Islam, I think that's the one that needs to happen. No offense to Dubronx, Charles Oliveira. Harrington, I'm just going to give you uh, free will. Throw a story at us. Let's see what he comes up with. Let's I see. Had, I have one more. Dude, but okay. Brian got out of here quick. Oh, okay. Okay. I know Brian loves to go. go pull I, it. I got to pull it up. So I don't want to just be sitting here staring <laughs> off to the side. Right. You guys. I want to add one more. Go ahead. Who's I want to redeem no, myself. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold, no, no, no. Hold on. <laughs> is it? Is it? Uh, is it Dana Belbita versus, um, <laughs> you know, versus, um, uh, for, uh, I don't want to say anyone's name. I can't no, think of anyone. Macy Barber, Molly McCann, obviously. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Kamaru Usman. I want to see Usman fight Strickland again. I think he needs a win at 185, but it's right there for him. Bo Nickel, Hamzat Chimiak. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. That's a good That's one. That's a good one. That's a Bo really Nichols good got to get through Cody Brundage, though. I'd actually pay for that fight. You're going to pay for them all anyways. Your boy, Cody Brundage, coming in hot. That should be an interesting matchup, actually. Uh, Harrington, go on. We're filled Uh, enough. Give us a story. Okay. Uh, I think this is the biggest one just dropped last night. Jorge Masvidal announced on Twitter that he is officially unretired. Masvidal versus Colby Covington. Let's go. The rematch rematch in court. Um, How do we feel about this? Listen, I, 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 I have a lot of respect for Masvidal. He's a real fighter, you know. Certainly, as the sports got bigger and it attracts sometimes not the type of people that we were describing before. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but as mm-hmm. the sport is widening, it's opening, it's it's presenting itself as an opportunity. You know, you're getting people that look at this and go, right, I can be a martial artist, kind of like the Beverly Hills ninja type guy. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? What was his name? Not shitting on him, but you know what I mean? Not guys that are tough, you know, with with, with faces like ours. You know what I mean? Um, What were we talking about? I just had a total brain fart. Masvidal. Masvidal, Jesus Christ. Masvidal comes from the bloody backyard brawls with um, Jimbo Slice. Jimbo. I mean, that dude's a real fighter and he's had an incredible career. And what a resurgence he had when he knocked out Darren Till and then became the BMF and the fastest knockout of all time. Um, but I think he retired for a reason. Yeah. I thought it was, it was, I really thought his reason was after he lost to Colby, he didn't really see a path to the title. And. I, I'd always that's kind of how I always looked at it. But listen, man, I he wasn't like getting he wasn't getting knocked out repeatedly. He, he hadn't taken a whole shit ton of losses back to back. Um, you know, he was in that Colby fight too. He had Colby hurt late. So I, I don't know. If if he wants to do it, I'm down for the experiment. Let's see it no, one time and maybe 100%. make the evaluation after that. I mean, listen, all right, he's 39 years old. I mean, look, listen, I, I'm not going to hate on the guy. And as you say, I'm just looking at it now. He lost four in a row. But that was mm-hmm. two shots against Kamar Usman, one of right. them which was on very, very short notice, remember, Fire Island. Then it was Colby Covington, excuse me. And then he lost to Gilbert Burns mm-hmm. by decision. Right. So there's, there's, there's absolutely no shame in that. I think I think he's probably – I think he made a lot of money from what I understand. Right. Uh, so – you know, I don't think it's necessarily motivated by that. I think fighters, when they retire, it's hard. You know, like yeah. for me, I, I talk about it all the time. That's why I love commentating so much because I'm still involved with the sport. I still get that adrenaline. I still get that high. I love walking into the octagon and interviewing the fighters because mm-hmm. 
again, goes back to what we said about the ego of a fighter. You still got to be involved, still got to do something, you know? Right. And I've got that. Whereas Masvidal, yeah, he's doing his shows and all the rest of it. And I hope they're going really well for him. But you need that. You, you still want to be in the limelight. You still want to get that attention. You need that adrenaline buzz, you know? Yeah. And he probably still thinks, hold on a minute, it's been a little bit of time. What was it? How long since his last fight? All right, eight months. He's like, mm-hmm. I've still got this. I can still do this. I can still, he probably looks at some competition and thinks, hold on a minute, I can beat these guys. Well, there's some fun fights out there for him, too. I think there's some, I don't know that he's going to make a title run, but I, I think there's a couple fun, intriguing, exciting, competitive fights out there for him. This is a big old payday, too, waiting for a Nate Diaz rematch. Yeah, there's that. There's a Nate Diaz rematch. Uh, I mean, I mean, listen, he did pretty well again. I mean, he lost. Who, oh, I'm thinking about Nate Diaz there. Uh, Masvidal. Yeah, I mean, who would I match him up with? Maybe like a Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That's, that's a fight a that's rematch. never happened. No, that's a rematch. Uh, did they fight before? Oh, yeah, they did. He beat him by decision, right? Yeah, I think that's a rematch. Um, yeah, there's a couple of fun ones. There's a couple of fun ones. And I think that the appetite from the crowd will be there. I mean, people, yeah. people like Matt. People they respect Matt at all. Yeah. U- UFC would have no problem with it. So expect Masvidal mm-hmm. on a card sometime soon. So you know, in, uh, I think it was in Salt Lake City. I'd never really spent a whole lot of time around Masvidal. I've always had a lot of respect for him, just how we came up. And uh, we ran into each other in Salt Lake City, and I had a real long conversation with him. He's a really enjoyable person to be around. He's actually mm-hmm. really, really – you kind of see him pop up in these beefs, and he's you know he's got all this – he's real smooth when he's talking shit too, when he's beefing with somebody. He was really, really enjoyable to talk to. So I, I, I just find myself wanting good things to happen for that guy. All right, this episode is sponsored by Chalk. That is C-H-O-Q.com. Listen, Chalk, you know all about Chalk by now because they have the one of the best, the best natural testosterone boosters. But they've also got pre-workouts. Yes, they're taking over that world as well because pre-workouts are awesome. But when they're not filled with natural products, you feel weird, you feel tingly, you crash really, really badly. And that is why they have brought out Chad Mode, which is the best all-natural, clean pre-workout and the ultimate way to get pumped up naturally. It will give you the edge that you need before any activity, whether you're lifting weights, hiking, or just crushing it at work. Unlike 99% of the garbage-filled supplements on the market, Chad Mode, as I said, all natural, free of artificial flavors, no preservatives, sweeteners or dyes. It's just organic lemon, cherry and maple crystals and no synthetic caffeine, just organic green bean extract. By the way, Chuck uses full disclosure labeling. You can see it all right there. There's no label fluffing, proprietary blends, underdosing, none of that stuff. So if you're looking for a super high potency, junk-free pre-workout, there's no better way to start your day than using Chad Mode. And along with Chad Mode, as always, check out the Male Vitality Stack and the Stack Ultra along with the Chalk Daily. So give it a shot. You won't be disappointed. And by the way, we're going to give you 35% off. Go to chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. And when you're there, use the code Bisping for a huge 35% off your order. Chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. Use the code Bisping. 35% off. So I'm just sending out a tweet here. Um, BYM. Because we never, we, we, we've got to do this. We did it last year. And I forget who the winner was. I think it might have been Andrew Tate. And we're throwing this down last minute with yeah. no planning. But okay. who is the 2023 dildo of the year? Oh, man. 
man, who's the 2023? I'm tweeting dildo of right the year. now. Dildo of the year. Well, I would I would uh, argue that Colby Covington is probably up for nomination this year, to even recency bias, and that was a not a smooth move. It, no, that's it a wasn't pretty... a smooth move. Remember, dildo of the year. The uh, the criteria is just basically being annoying, being a dick, being fake, annoying everybody. Jake Paul's always in the running, but to be yeah. honest, you know, he hasn't been as prevalent in our consciousness re- recently. Yeah. Logan Paul, KSI, all those people, but they're easy choices. That's easy picking. Yeah, I, was gonna, I, I mean, I was going to go uh, Dylan Danis, but he kind of re- he redeemed himself a little bit. I think even you know he looked like shit in his fight, but I think he he hung tough and stayed in there and fought his ass off with what he had. So that kind of redeemed him a little bit. In my, I mean, eyes. he's the namesake, though. Dil, Dylan, the yeah. Dildo. That- you yeah. know what I mean? It's where the awards came from. So we can't have yeah. him in there again. Uh, who was the uh, biggest dildo this year? That's a tough question. I wish I had an answer. We should have thought about this beforehand. Harrington's just oh, Harrington's got one. It's probably someone we've never heard of. Come on. Oh, okay. Who is it? Uh, all right, look, a guy who's teased us with fighting, selling us wolf tickets, a guy who bought a major social media platform whose value has gone down 70%, a guy who's recall oh that was last year it was like the tail end of last year he got charged this year uh i'm gonna say elon musk it's a pretty rough year 2023 was not his best whoa, 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 whoa. elon musk is the purveyor and the the the, the man defending free speech right i, you, I thought you were gonna go zuckerberg <laughs> yeah i was gonna thought you were gonna say zuckerberg you know but we were at studios doing an, an episode so don't do that yeah uh, i saw <laughs> yesterday that elon musk's net worth apparently has gone down by 71 percent since oh man He's still oh, the, I don't, like the second or third richest man on the planet. It doesn't like percentages don't matter at that point. He's yeah, he's and it's just fine. you know, yeah, he's going to be okay. And with everywhere mandating electric cars, his sales are going to be just fine. Thank you very much. Yeah. No, no, Elon Musk is not on my dildo of the year. He's not on mine either. It's, I'm a no, I'm a, I'm, like a Elon, Elon. I'm a Elon fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. Oh, listen, of course he's going to talk about Mark Zuckerberg, and that was fun for a while while it lasted. You know, Zuck's not on it either. I kind of, I kind of respect Zuckerberg for getting in mm-hmm. there and doing the mixed martial arts and even like tearing ACLs days. and shit. Yeah, and now he's <laughs> he back hurt like the rest of us. Yeah, he's just bloody training again already. Although I do think he is probably he's he's AI. He's like the first Terminator, but he's just right. like a nice. Version. And I think have he'll actually. Fight. I think he'll actually fight. Have you seen Ex Machina? That film. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, he's like the the, the the male version. Of that woman, of uh, whatever she's called. <laughs> if you've seen the film, you know what I'm talking about. Let's see if we've got any answers on here. That's what I'm going to look now, too. Hold on. The king, of course, Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis. Jake Paul. Colby. Oh, God. Colby's the front runner so far. Yeah, I think um, you know, safe bet. He, Colby. He's, uh, definitely pulled some fucking people's people's asshole. Yeah, he here. made people angry. Joe Biden, people are saying. I mean, that's an obvious mm. one. Uh, but to be fair, it's really whoever's hand is up joe biden's ass like because he's just a <laughs> decrepit monkey skull. well he's the puppet of the year though. yeah 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 he, uh, the guy who told him. you to press all f4 right what is going on with the border i don't want to get into politics but i know you because oh, i haven't bad. seen 
No, I know. For those people that don't know, there's like 5,000 migrants crossing the border every day. They're not getting searched. They don't need papers. They don't need documents. It's all mainly military-aged men. And they're not coming from Mexico by the looks of it. No, they're people from all over the world. Like yeah, yeah. I got checked. I had to present my green card, all the rest of it. I should have just went via Mexico. It's very easy these yeah, days. <laughs> but what is the reasoning behind that? And why aren't more people talking about it? And now they just signed off. And by the way, I'm all for helping people. I really am helping the less fortunate. I'm all about it. But California just said they're going to give them all free healthcare. It's going to cost something like three billion dollars per year. Where's California getting another three billion dollars from? I spend three and a half thousand dollars a month for my health insurance for my family. Mm-hmm. That irks me a little bit. You right move to Texas or something like. You got to come to Nebraska, Mike. Yeah, I- I've been looking. Yesterday, me and Rebecca, we spent so long researching places on the East Coast where we're going to move to. Why the East Coast? North Carolina. Oh, okay. North Carolina is okay. where we're going more Char- than likely. Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte is really nice. Dog, we will Rally. drive down all the time. Charlotte. You know, my That's manager My manager lives in Charlotte, and she's from Raleigh. You'll have to reach out to her. She'll help you out. She got some Because I, I went to Greenville, South Carolina for a UFC event once, and I just thought it was amazing. I, the reason I, I love Charlotte. Because I, I love the countryside and the greenness and the rivers and the lakes and the mountains, you know, and also oh, the zero right taxes or the much, much lower yeah. taxes. That's and in nice. North Carolina, the winters aren't too crazy. You know, it's still got a nice summer. Yeah, but you get some, you get some season changes, though. To be yeah. fair, no, coming you, from California, you could move to New York and the taxes would be better. Yeah, so no, like, I know. It's like the, literally anywhere. I haven't seen the tax bill this year, but I know it's sent. I know it's done. <laughs> Normally, my accountant gives it to me on New Year's Eve. Last year, I went to bed. You know, I haven't seen it yet this year. That's why I'm still in a pretty good mood. But oh, dildo man. of the year. Last thoughts? Anyone? Are we going with Colby yeah, Covington? Uh, if it uh, makes you feel any better, uh, it is uh, Tuesday. I got my tax yeah. bill like like two days ago. And I'm drinking it. Started drinking at noon <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> that tells you how good it went. <laughs> <laughs> and well, picking up another fight in two weeks. Yep, I'm gonna be yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, I'm gonna fight nine times this year. <laughs> Who are you taking on this time? You know, my God, everyone's saying mm. Colby Covington, Raul Ross is due. Oh God, P- Ian Gary, little Ian bit Ian Gary, Ian Gary for taking his wife's ex-husband's last name before his. All of those things are wrong, but especially in that order. I got to I got to go cold. You <laughs> talked about a man's past my father. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So there's a conspiracy theory going around right now because and I I like Ian, you know. He said a few things and whatever recently, but whatever, okay. About you? No, not about oh. me. Just in general that people haven't vibed with, yeah. you know. And we all, we don't need to go into it. Um but he posted those there's a conspiracy theory going around that the pictures are fake of him being sick, right? A few YouTubers are commenting on this. Uh, Chel Sonnen has been commenting on it. And the case they put forth is that it shows four or five different pictures in various stages throughout his sickness and his pneumonia and all the rest of it. And he's curled up in a ball and he's looking sick and malaise and all the rest of it. But in every shot, he's got different clothes on, but he's got the same socks with love hearts on. So the theory is that he just made, because like, who wears the same socks four days in a row? Right. So and nobody and gets four pairs of socks that are exactly the same and wears them every day. With love hearts on them? No. Brian, bring up the pictures for me and oh, Gary. I'm not trying to shit on him oh, further. No, I, wish I, him didn't see, I didn't see this. 
This is what people are saying, not me. And I'm asking, I'm throwing it to the panel and seeing what you think. Because he's like, I'm not going to say it. I want to make you guys say it. <laughs> I, I just saw those uh, social media guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the get out of jail free card. So apparently, people are saying, um, no, but that is what's going around at the minute. And yeah, okay, if he had showed up to that press conference, there would have been a shitstorm. A lot of people would have talked shit, and he was there. It would have been easy pickings. But here we go. Yeah, people have been zooming in. Love hearts. Okay. Love heart socks. <laughs> Love heart socks. I think that's the end of the pictures, but yeah, you get the point. What do you? And if not, I you need to change your socks, you scurvy fuck. <laughs> Either he hates pneumonia or he needs better foot hygiene. I guarantee he's got <laughs> fungal nail infection. Oh dear. Well, it looked, uh, to be fair, to be completely fair, it looks like he's wearing multiple pairs of socks in these pictures. So it could just be which his outside layer is always heart socks for some reason. Because he's but, got a big heart and he loves his wife. Um, and to be fair, pneumonia, I've never had it, but I'm sure you feel cold when right. you layer up. So yeah. there we go. Devil's and maybe he just feels like shit and he hasn't showered in a couple of days and he's just changing and moving around. I do that Correct, correct. There it's we possible. go. Here's the other side. We're putting both yeah. cases forward. And yeah, to be fair, you don't feel like showering. I'm assuming if you've got pneumonia and the flu, you know, your hair is not on point. Yeah, you're right. not trying to stand up for elongated periods of time. Either. Yeah. Um, who's he fighting now? Because uh, his fight changed, right? Jeff Neal. Jeff, he's back to Jeff Neal. Remember when back he, because that fight never happened. Um, when he posted, he wore the T-shirt with Jeff Neal's mugshot on it. And then I think Jeff Neal got hurt and had to pull out of the fight. And that's why Neil Magny stepped in? I believe that's why, yeah, that's why he ended up fighting Neil Magny. Okay, okay. All right. I don't yeah. know, the Neil Magny thing, him kind of shitting on my man Neil might get you nominated for Dildo of the Year, though. He kind of messed with Neil's situation with the custody of his kids. And, you know, Is that true? Because I did hear that, that after all that talk, there was some talk about custody he had of some his children. Issues. He's having some issues in court and, yeah. It's a pretty really? big, pretty big dildo move. Oh dear. Well, it's with sincere regret that I have to formally announce <laughs> the 2023 dildo of the year goes to Ian, the future Machado, <laughs> Yari. Fireworks and explosions everywhere. Uh, <laughs> we'll send him a. We'll send him a. We'll send him a trophy. It'll be right there with the Segway of the Year trophy. Um, all right. Anything else we need to get to, Herringbone, before we go to a question or two? Because we've been going for a little bit here. And i got to say, Anthony, and for everyone listening, a lot of people have been saying, where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? We're all human beings. We've got to wind down. We've got to de-stress. We want to come back invigorated, give you a good show, which I think we've done. Anthony needed a little bit of alone time, shall we say. But we're back with the bang, and we appreciate we all the support. Uh, yeah, I just checked. Nothing absolutely breaking. I will get back to you if anything pops up. Perfect. And that's Love that. That's, that's right. that. Okay. Well, All great right. show, guys. That was a Paolo, great show. Paolo I do Costa feel invigorated, too. Yeah, good. I'm glad. A little therapy session with the Bisping. That might be my next move. I might go into that. Um, all right. If you have a question, please send it into bympod at gmail.com. And with that said, Harrington is back. 
if you are listening on a Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a five-star rating. Positive review. It really helps out. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed to the channel and you hit that notification bell to find out whenever a new episode drops. And if you want to catch over 500 episodes you can't find anywhere else, completely ad-free and totally uncensored, head to gasdigital.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get a seven-day free trial. Check out over 20 great shows on the network. Before Brian jumps in, I did want to say this. I just saw in the headline there, you know, you were talking about you went on a bit of a, a drinking binge, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. you're not trying to bring the mood down. Aljamain Sterling says that it's been hard to get back into shape uh, mm-hmm. for Kelvin Cater because two months after the Sean O'Malley fight, he was drinking and smoking a lot of marijuana. And now it's hard to get back in shape. It's, it's, it's a natural process, brother. Yeah. It is. It takes you a minute once you, it takes you a second just to pull yourself out of your front. Cause I'm eating like shit too. Like I'm, a, oh, I'm eating everything. Oh, I've been cooking my ass off. Like I'm making, I'm cooking everything. I'm eating shit. I had, oh, I've been eating like shit and it's, I've loved every second of it, but it's, it's going to be tough to pull myself back. I got in really good shape again for tales from the octagon just simply mm-hmm. because of the stress because it's not what I do. Do you know what I mean? I had to do yeah. 30 minutes on stage by myself like I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm not a stand-up comedian, although it went pretty fucking good, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, but the stress of that alone caused me to mm-hmm. lose weight. Point of the story is it's all back. It's all back because I spent two weeks in England. It pissed it down with rain every single day. I lived off pies Meat pies, chicken and mushroom mm, pies. That sounds oh, good. Bloody good. Sausage rolls, steak oh, and kidney man. pudding, steak and ale pie, fish and chips, sticky toffee pudding. Lots of beer. Lot beer every day. <laughs> Vodkas at night. Yes. There we go. Lots of wine in bed whilst we watch the <laughs> shitty shows in, on TV. So, yeah, yeah, the diet's back with a bang, and I will be lecturing and telling you all that I don't drink. Uh, <laughs> with that said, Brian, what is the first question, please? All right, we got a question here from Alex. How's it going, BYM family? Uh, my name is Alex from New Mexico. Uh, my question is going to be a little different. Uh, it, it's um, not as mma you know heavy uh you know you guys haven't posted a podcast in a while and i love i love the show i'm the biggest fan first of all i'm sorry michael bisping i admire you i respect you so much i don't miss a podcast one of my favorite fighters ever in the world i just one day dreamed to just have a beer with you and just you know chillax and then vice versa same thing goes for anthony smith okay first ufc pay-per-view event i ever went to live was anthony smith versus john jones uh, i was the uh, the most scared i've ever been for john jones ever and i'm a huge mma fan i am i i like to think i'm super knowledgeable i am way farther than casual up here uh but that's a conversation i'd like to have with you guys one day in person that'd be cool no but so my question is uh <clears throat> with the podcast did you ever think it would affect someone's life right like you guys not dropping the podcast the last month has affected me man i can't every tuesday and thursday i wait for you guys like did you guys ever think that'd be the case you know uh i want to hear your thoughts happy new year's love you guys be safe and yeah harrington go fuck yourself um first of all harrington gets a lot of abuse, but we all love him. And, and I have to say that every time. Now, thank you for the question. We appreciate that. Uh, it, it, 
How did you feel having a little break, Anthony? It's nice having a little. Honestly, I I needed it. Yeah, I needed it too. Just with you know the the two episodes a week, the radio show, and then all the the ESPN and and commentating stuff that you have, and the desk work that I have. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of like output. You're kind of just your brain has to be turned on all the time. So it was kind of nice to to not and not that I you know like I missed talking with you guys, but was nice to just not have anything expected of me for a couple weeks and just chill out and just relax really and just not because you always have something you're looking forward to like i gotta do this at this time i gotta do this on this day at this time and i didn't really have that so it was nice and it was nice to uh, i'm sure that it i don't know give the the believer something to look forward to well, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And you're absolutely right, because it wasn't just a podcast. My YouTube channel, I wasn't doing videos on there. I took all my stuff to England, as I said, but I was just like, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. I just need a break. I need to mm-hmm. decompress. Everyone else gets a week off or whatever it is, and I'm still going to do this every day. So, uh, no, we didn't think. That was never the plan. You know what I mean? Uh, but I love doing this. I, I, I enjoy our yeah. conversations. I'm glad that everyone else does. You know, I, I, again, going back to the start of the show, Anthony, I really respect your honesty, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that's going to be the, the big takeaway from this show. You know what I mean? You've come out, you've brought the silence, if you will, for want of a better word, and it's a great way to do it. And, 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 just, just get kind of get those thoughts off. I mean, does it feel better now that you've spoke about it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad I didn't do it right away because here's what happens: typically, I fight, and then we got a show on Monday, and then sometimes mm. I'll take the Monday off, but I'm back on Thursday, and I haven't always completely processed it, so I, I haven't really figured out how I actually feel about it, whether it's a win or a loss, and so it was nice to just completely digest it kind of manage it, categorize where I'm at and and then just let it go, you know, and, and my goal for the beginning of the year, you know, we talked about resolutions, but my actual resolution was just to get back to regular life. Like I got to start, like my manager called me twice since we've been on the show and I haven't, I haven't talked to them in weeks. So like, I gotta get, I gotta get back to those phone calls. I gotta get back on my shit. I got a lot of obligations as far as endorsements and sponsors and, and I haven't done any of it. Mm-hmm. So I got to get back to regular life and get back to my responsibilities. So this is this was what I was waiting for, to be honest with you. Like, after we do the show, I'll get back to regular life. Yeah, yeah. And there it is. Well, and I look forward to it, Anthony. And we look forward to being back in the arts gone. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching the show. We do appreciate you very, very much. We're going to be back on Thursday. Anthony's not going to be on that one, though. But don't worry, we'll be back. We're going to be joined by a couple of great guests. Uh, thanks for watching. Happy New Year, you sons of bitches. Take care.